Section 5 of The Shipwreck of the Whaleship Essex by Owen Chase. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Phil Schempf. Chapter 3, Part 2, November 23rd to the 30th. November 23rd. In my chest, which I was fortunate enough to preserve, I had several small articles, which we found of great service to us among the rest some eight or ten sheets of writing paper a lead pencil a suit of clothes three small fish hooks a jackknife a whetstone and a cake of soap i commenced to keep a sort of journal with the little paper and pencil which i had and the knife besides other useful purposes served us as a razor it was with much difficulty however that i could keep any sort of record owing to the incessant rocking and unsteadiness of the boat and the continual dashing of the spray of the sea over us the boat contained in addition to the articles enumerated a lantern tinder-box and two or three candles which belonged to her and with which they are always kept supplied while engaged in taking whale in addition to all which the captain had saved a musket two pistols and a canister containing about two pounds of gunpowder the latter he distributed in equal proportions between the three boats and gave the second mate and myself each a pistol when morning came we found ourselves quite near together and the wind had considerably increased since the day before we were consequently obliged to reef our sails and although we did not apprehend any very great danger from the then violence of the wind yet it grew to be very uncomfortable in the boats from the repeated dashing of the waves that kept our bodies constantly wet with the salt spray we however stood along our course until twelve o'clock when we got an observation as well as we were able to obtain one while the water flew all over us and the sea kept the boat extremely unsteady we found ourselves this day in latitude zero degrees fifty-eight minutes south having repassed the equator we abandoned the idea altogether of keeping any correct longitudinal reckoning, having no glass nor log-line. The wind moderated in the course of the afternoon a little, but at night came on to blow again almost a gale. We began now to tremble for our little bark. She was so ill-calculated in point of strength to withstand the racking of the sea, while it required the constant labours of one man to keep her free of water we were surrounded in the afternoon with porpoises that kept playing about us in great numbers and continued to follow us during the night november twenty fourth the wind had not abated any since the preceding day and the sea had risen to be very large and increased if possible the extreme uncomfortableness of our situation what added more than anything else to our misfortune was that all our efforts for the preservation of our provisions proved in great measure ineffectual a heavy sea broke suddenly into the boat and before we could snatch it up damaged some part of it by timely attention however and great caution we managed to make it eatable and to preserve the rest from a similar casualty this was a subject of extreme anxiety to us the expectation poor enough of itself indeed upon which our final rescue was founded must change at once to utter hopelessness deprived of our provisions the only means of continuing us in the exercise not only of our manual powers but in those of reason itself hence above all other things this was the object of our utmost solicitude and pains we ascertained the next day that some of the provisions in the captain's boat had shared a similar fate during the night. 
both which accidents served to arouse us to a still stronger sense of our slender reliance upon the human means at our command and to show us our utter dependence on that divine aid which we so much the more stood in need of november twenty fifth no change of wind had yet taken place and we experienced the last night the same wet and disagreeable weather of the preceding one about eight o'clock in the morning we discovered that the water began to come fast in our boat and in a few minutes the quantity increased to such a degree as to alarm us considerably for our safety we commenced immediately a strict search in every part of her to discover the leak and after tearing up the ceiling or the floor of the boat near the bows we found it proceeded from one of the streaks or outside boards having burst off there no time was to be lost in devising some means to repair it the great difficulty consisted in its being in the bottom of the boat about six inches from the surface of the water it was necessary therefore to have access to the outside to enable us to fasten it on again the leak being to leeward we hove about and lay to on the other tack which brought it then nearly out of the water the captain who was at the time ahead of us seeing us manoeuvring to get the boat about shortened sail and presently tacked and ran down to us i informed him of our situation and he came immediately alongside to our assistance after directing all the men in the boat to get on one side the other by that means heeled out of the water a considerable distance and with little difficulty we then managed to drive in a few nails and secure it much beyond our expectations fears of no ordinary kind were excited by this seemingly small accident when it is recollected to what a slight vessel we had committed ourselves our means of safety alone consisting in her capacity and endurance for many weeks in all probability yet to come it will not be considered strange that this little accident should not only have dampened our spirits considerably but have thrown a great gloominess over the natural prospects of our deliverance on this occasion too we were enabled to rescue ourselves from inevitable destruction by the possession of a few nails without which had it not been our fortune to save some from the wreck we would in all human calculation have been lost we were still liable to a recurrence of the same accident perhaps to a worse still one as in the heavy and repeated racking of the swell the progress of our voyage would serve but to increase the incapacity and weakness of our boat and the starting of a single nail in her bottom would most assuredly prove our certain destruction we wanted not this additional reflection to add to the miseries of our situation november twenty sixth our sufferings heaven knows were now sufficiently increased and we looked forward not without an extreme dread and anxiety to the gloomy and disheartening prospect before us we experienced a little abatement of the wind and rough weather to-day and took the opportunity of drying the bread that had been wet the day previously to our great joy and satisfaction also the wind hauled out to the east-northeast and enabled us to hold a much more favourable course with these exceptions no circumstance of any considerable interest occurred in the course of this day the twenty seventh of november was alike undistinguished for any incident worthy of note except that the wind again veered back to the east and destroyed the fine prospect we had entertained of making a good run for several days to come november twenty eighth 
the wind hauled still further to the southward and obliged us to fall off our course to south and commenced to blow with such violence as to put us again under short sail the night set in extremely dark and tempestuous and we began to entertain fears that we should be separated we however with great pains managed to keep about a ship's length apart so that the white sails of our boats could be distinctly discernible the captain's boat was but a short distance astern of mine and that of the second mate a few rods to leeward of his about eleven o'clock at night having laid down to sleep in the bottom of the boat i was suddenly awakened by one of my companions who cried out that the captain was in distress and was calling on us for assistance I immediately aroused myself and listened a moment to hear if anything further should be said when the captain's loud voice arrested my attention he was calling to the second mate whose boat was nearer to him than mine i made all haste to put about ran down to him and inquired what was the matter he replied i have been attacked by an unknown fish and he has stove my boat it appeared that some large fish had accompanied the boat for a short distance and had suddenly made an unprovoked attack upon her as nearly as they could determine with his jaws the extreme darkness of the night prevented them from distinguishing what kind of animal it was but they judged it to be about twelve feet in length and one of the killer fish species after having struck the boat once he continued to play about her on every side as if manifesting a disposition to renew the attack and did a second time strike the bows of the boat and split her stem they had no other instrument of offence but the sprit pole a long slender piece of wood by which the peak of the sail is extended with which after repeated attempts to destroy the boat they succeeded in beating him off i arrived just as he discontinued his operations and disappeared he had made a considerable breach in the bows of the boat through which the water began to pour fast and the captain imagining matters to be considerably worse than they were immediately took measures to remove his provisions into the second mate's boat and mine in order to lighten his own and by that means and constant bailing to keep her above the water until daylight should enable him to discover the extent of the damage and to repair it the night was spicy darkness itself the sky was completely overcast and it seemed to us as if fate was wholly relentless in pursuing us with such a cruel complication of disasters we were not without our fears that the fish might renew his attack some time during the night upon one of the other boats and unexpectedly destroy us but they proved entirely groundless as he was never afterwards seen when daylight came the wind again favoured us a little and we all lay to to repair the broken boat which was effected by nailing on thin strips of boards in the inside and having replaced the provisions we proceeded again on our course our allowance of water which in the commencement merely served to administer to the positive demands of nature became now to be insufficient and we began to experience violent thirst from the consumption of the provisions that had been wet with salt water and dried in the sun of these we were obliged to eat first to prevent their spoiling and we could not nay we did not dare to make any encroachments on our stock of water our determination was to suffer as long as human patience and endurance would hold out having only in view the relief that would be afforded us when the quantity of wet provisions should be exhausted our extreme sufferings here first commenced the privation of water is justly ranked among the most dreadful of the miseries of our life 
the violence of raving thirst has no parallel in the catalogue of human calamities it was our hard lot to have felt this in its extremest force when necessity subsequently compelled us to seek resource from one of the offices of nature we were not at first aware of the consequences of eating this bread and it was not until the fatal effects of it had shown themselves to a degree of oppression that we could divine the cause of our extreme thirst but alas there was no relief ignorant or instructed of the fact it was alike immaterial it composed a part of our subsistence and reason imposed upon us the necessity of its immediate consumption as otherwise it would have been lost to us entirely november twenty ninth our boats appeared to be growing daily more frail and insufficient the continual flowing of the water into them seem increased without our being able to assign it to anything else than a general weakness arising from causes that must in a short time without some remedy or relief produce their total failure we did not neglect however to patch up and mend them according to our means whenever we could discover a broken or weak part we this day found ourselves surrounded by a shoal of dolphins some or one of which we tried in vain a long time to take we made a small line from some rigging that was in the boat, fastened on one of the fish-hooks, and tied to it a small piece of white rag. They took not the least notice of it, but continued playing about us nearly all day, mocking both our misery and our efforts. November 30th. This was a remarkably fine day, the weather not exceeded by any that we had experienced since we left the wreck. At one o'clock I proposed to our boat's crew to kill one of the turtle two of which we had in our possession. I need not say that the proposition was hailed with the utmost enthusiasm. Hunger had set its ravenous gnawings upon our stomachs, and we waited with impatience to suck the warm flowing blood of the animal. A small fire was kindled in the shell of the turtle, and after dividing the blood, of which there was about a gill, among those who felt disposed to drink it, we cooked the remainder, entrails and all, and enjoyed from it an unspeakably fine repast. The stomachs of two or three revolted at the sight of the blood, and refused to partake of it. Not even the outrageous thirst that was upon them could induce them to taste it. For myself, I took it like a medicine, to relieve the extreme dryness of my palate, and stopped not to inquire whether it was anything else than a liquid. After this, I may say exquisite banquet, our bodies were considerably recruited, and I felt my spirits now much higher than they had been at any time before. By observation this day we found ourselves in latitude seven degrees fifty-three minutes south. Our distance from the wreck, as nearly as we could calculate, was then about four hundred and eighty miles. End of section five.